When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the 49er Access Podcast. My name is Sterling Bennett. We're brought to you by SeatGeek. Use our promo code 49ersaccess. Save $20 off your first purchase at SeatGeek.com. And today, we are going to discuss and react and analyze Day 5 of San Francisco 49ers training camp. We were there all day today. We watched all the fights. We talked to John Lynch. We discussed, and we're going to dive into the quarterback situation what did Trey Lance do? What did Brock Purdy do? What did Sam Darnold do? And of course, your favorite quarterback, what did Brandon Allen do? But to start us off, we have to talk about the absences of today. Of course, Nick Bosa not in the building. Uh, he was kind of the main focus of John Lynch's uh, pre-practice press conference asking, is there an update on Nick Bosa? When is he going to be here? Uh, when do you want him to be here? When should he be here? Uh, there is no update on Nick Bosa. Not a practice for the fifth consecutive day. And the many fans out there worried about what's going to happen with him. Is this going to be an issue going forward? Uh, I would just tell them to relax, calm down. This will get done. It may linger. I said yesterday on the podcast, this could take, you know, a week, two weeks to get done. But I fully expect, as does John Lynch and the rest of the San Francisco 49ers, expect Nick Bosa to be in a uniform, in a jersey, with pads on come week one in Pittsburgh, uh, Daryl Luter Jr., while he wasn't absent, was doing drills on the sideline today as he works back from his bone bruise. Uh, Mooney Ward was also limited, from what I could tell. He was doing light drills on the side with Steve Wilkes and Diamador Lenore early before practice and was seen doing limited reps during actual team drills. So those are the really only three absences of the day. Uh, but when the pads come on... This is when we find out what teams and which players are actually made of. And we saw firsthand today, not once, but twice, what this team is made of. The fire in their eyes, the fires in their heart. And today, the San Francisco 49ers witnessed two fights occurred. The biggest one between what seemed to be Tate Martin and Quantrez Knight following Demetrius Flanagan Fowles and Elijah Mitchell getting into it. Um... I'm sure Elijah Mitchell didn't love that DFF hit him pretty hard on the first day of padded practice. Obviously, guys like Tate Martin and Quantrez Knight um, didn't like it either. They got into it. Uh, the entire practice was stopped. They huddled over into the corner, uh, kind of recalibrated themselves. But it was about a good two to three minute pause before practice got going again. So a huge fight broke out. You can see there were guys being thrown to the ground. There was guys tussling and... You can hear certain players yelling and screaming, saying, get off each other. Uh, it was the, the, the sight to see <laughs> in the first day of padded practice, but we've seen over the course of the league in the NFL, the first day of padded practices or the first week or so are usually pretty intense, and today was unlike any other, or excuse me, unlike no other when it comes to what San Francisco did 
uh, when it came to the fight, the two again that happened today. The other one, the lesser fight, was Jawan Jennings getting into it with Deshaun Gibson. Kind of a small scuffle on the side. Um, they were separated by George Kittle and Tao Noah Hufanga. No big deal there. Uh, no pushing, no shoving. Just, you know, guys bumping faces, bumping, you know, chests and, and kind of talking loud to each other. So two fights, a bigger one, and a small scuffle. Uh, but not too much to glean from. Uh, what's going on, Jamie and Lee? What's going on, Niner Faithful? How you doing? Thanks for joining the, the show. But also, as we continue to talk about the observations I had prior to the quarterback uh, breakdown I'll give, uh, the first one being Chris Conley. Uh, I saw him working with the first team, the number one team, next to Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk. Um, someone like Chris Conley, a veteran player. I, I think he's played seven years in the NFL. They went to Jacksonville in Kansas City most of the time. Um, he had a hard and rough OTAs and minicamp, but obviously making his reps worthwhile and making his name known and presence felt uh, the first couple days of training camp. Had a good practice yesterday on the 30th and had a really good one today on the 31st. Uh, while no touchdowns were thrown, uh, multiple catches, only one drop on the day for Chris Conley. Again, taking first-team reps. Uh, Ambry Thomas with Mooney Ward Limited. He was taking first-team reps alongside Samuel Womack and Giamador Lenore. Uh, seems like Steve Wilkes does love Ambry Thomas. Uh, we talked about when he first came over from Carolina that this could be a breath of fresh air that Ambry Thomas desperately needs. Uh, and, and it does seem like that that's the case, that he has a, a lot of faith in Thomas. And Thomas was really sticky in coverage today. We'll dive into him more a little bit later. But Thomas, again, second day in a row, working with the first team. Uh, the other observations I had was Matt Pryor was playing second-team right tackle. And from what I can tell, it looked like uh, Feliciano was the backup center today, not the backup guard like usual. Uh, Leroy Watson was playing third-string right tackle. Two guys in Watson and Pryor that are up for that swing tackle job. Uh, McLeod, Ronnie Bell, Danny Gray, and undrafted free agent rookie Deshaun Jameson were all fielding punts uh, during the afternoon portion of practice. But let's dive into the highs and lows of today. There was a couple fights. We got into our observations. Let's dive into the highs and lows. And I'll be honest here, there really was no lows for today's practice. It was a great practice for the Niners. I thought it was a clean practice besides the fights, obviously. Um, it did seem like both sides of the ball were doing a great job. The offense was scoring touchdowns. Christian McCaffrey had a big one early in practice, but the defense had a pick, and they got their own as well and got two takeaways on the day. So my first high of the first padded practice has to be Debo Samuel had two big chunk plays, a huge end around to begin team drills, and one later towards them with Sam Darnold. Uh, seeing him featured in the backfield again early in training camp I think is a good sign. I think we're going to see him back there more often, and we're going to see Kyle Shanahan utilize his stars in any way possible. Having Debo out wide in the slot and in the backfield does that for him, and knowing you can have Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel in the same backfield doing their work I think is a good sign for San Francisco. You also have someone like Christian McCaffrey. Again, 50-yard touchdown reception uh, at the hands of Brock Purdy. Also had a big run today, 35 yards, and Christian McCaffrey doing Christian McCaffrey-type things, being that all-pro-style player you want to have and you traded for last year in San Francisco. We saw the impact he had last year, and that will seemingly carry itself over into this year. Uh, our first really, you know, huge high. Debo's great. 
McCaffrey's great. Those aren't surprising, but the big one of the day, in my opinion, was Drake Jackson. He had a handful of pressures uh, against McKivitz and Matt Pryor and Jalen Moore. He was making their days tough, uh, being a gritty defensive lineman. I'm sure the first day of padded practice wanted to get after it. I'm sure he was eager to show off what he's been able to do and the work he's put in over the course of the offseason since last year. Also had a big fumble recovery against Brock Purdy in the final session of team drills of the March the Ball drills they have to end today's practice. A good day for Drake Jackson. Again, no Nick Bosa in the building. Drake Jackson was the default edge number one, and he played like it today. The other guy, Javon Kinlaw. Look, Javon Kinlaw's had quite the history in San Francisco. I know many fans dislike him. They criticize him. He has criticized the media plenty of times here. Uh, but today, I think we got a good look at to what Javon Kinlaw has been cooking uh, this offseason. We know he's been hurt for a while. The knees have been an issue. We, we totally understand that. But he had a would-be sack today, multiple pressures against the first and second team offensive line. Uh, and Eric Armstead and Aaron Banks both had high praise for him. Uh, they talked about how he's having a great camp put in a ton of work, and they're very excited about what he's going to do this year behind, again, Armstead and Javon Hargrave. And I think the one thing I gleaned from what Eric Armstead had to say, I believe Jennifer Lee Chan asked a question as to Javon uh, Kinlaw's had this positive outlook or seemingly more positive energy this year. And Eric Armstead said, yes, we can all feel that. Uh, battling injuries can mess with, you he mess with your head, can make you depressed, uh, and can really tear at you mentally. And you can tell that Javon Kinlaw is finally over that hump, at least mentally, and has put himself in position to make a big leap physically this year. Uh, this team needs that. It gives them versatility. We talked about last week or a few months ago, excuse me, that Javon Kinlaw has to find that role for himself. He's kind of in that same boat as rookies, um, where you have to etch out that role. Danny Gray, be the be the go-ball guy if, if you need to be. Ronnie Bell, be that special team or Javon Kinlaw. Can you be a a pass uh, a, a a pass play down? Can you be a run blocker for this defense? And I think for Javon Kinlaw showing today that he can actually do both of those things in a very small sample size is a good sign for San Francisco. And him being a more positive presence that's not you know constantly bogged down by injuries mentally might allow him to have a good year actually on the field. And then Ty Davis-Price, our first offensive high of the day. I think Ty Davis-Price coming into training camp was one of the names everyone circled of, who is this guy going to be? Is he going to be Trey Sermon 2.0? Or is he going to find himself actually on the field, making a statement and actually, you know, getting the reps needed and going out there and proving to be an NFL caliber running back? Trey Sermon didn't do that last year and hasn't done that since then, even with Philadelphia. Ty Davis-Price is starting to do that right now. Uh, yesterday, Kyle Shanahan mentioned that Ty Davis-Price has taken the necessary steps to be an NFL-caliber running back, and today, a handful of explosive runs, but I think more importantly, when you see Frank Gore on the sideline, when you see the Niners' all-time leading rusher, when you see this franchise's best running back of all time, the number three rushing yard leader in NFL history, when he sees you run and he sees you huddled up fighting behind your offensive line and kind of muddied up with the linebackers and you burst out of that and you cut out of that and you can get more yards for your team and Frank Gore says, let's go! 
as loud as you can on the sideline, you're getting recognition from the greatest running back in San Francisco Ford Vanner history, that's a great sign. To know your, your head coach has seen you make a jump, and now a legend in the franchise is also seeing you take strides, that's a really impressive feat for Ty Davis Price, who is fighting to make this roster, and I think he's going to if he continues to do what he's been doing uh, the first couple of days of training camp. Amber Thomas talked about it earlier a little bit, but getting first-team reps, uh, going in against Ayuk and Debo, hanging with them. He was very sticky in coverage during one-on-ones against Brandon Ayuk. Uh, yes, had a defensive pass interference, but I take that over getting burnt every single day of the week. He's already taken a leadership role, breaking down the defensive back huddles the first couple days, and again, been very sticky in coverage. Uh, for a young cornerback like him trying to find his way back into the rotation, it's a good sign. And knowing that someone like Daryl Luter Jr., who I think some at least assumed could steal his role from him, if he's not going to be out there because of injury, Amory Thomas looks to be taking that step to kind of reclaim his spot in the cornerback rotation. Then also Alex Barrett and Kevin Givens had a couple pressures today. A good stuff from an interior and edge rusher on the defensive line. Some receivers had good days too. Ronnie Bell and Danny Gray. Uh, I think both of them caught a few passes. And I think the one thing that always sticks with me, standing on the sideline with the media, you can hear not only the media talking, but you can hear players talking. You can hear Frank Gore talking, right? Uh, hearing George Kittle, hearing Kyle Juszczyk and Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk, and guys that on this team you'd point to as leaders, cheering on a Ronnie Bell, cheering on a Danny Gray, because they know. And I think this point has been echoed by Eric Armstead and George Kittle and Fred Warner. When they said they stood in front of the young players on this team and said, we need you to win. We cannot have 30 good players and 20 bad players. This, The veteran players on this roster are cheering on the young players, knowing they need them to make an impact this year if they want this team to go all the way for a championship. This team knows they need Danny Gray, Ronnie Bell, Drake Jackson, Jair Brown to make a statement and an impact on this team. Anybody can get hurt at any moment, and those guys could be asked to step up in a large role instantly, and they know they need these guys. They are surrounding them. They are bringing positive energy to them. And I do think that when you see Ronnie Bell and Danny Gray have a good practice and then also you hear the veteran players kind of echoing that of like, great job, Ronnie, great job, Danny, and cheering them on, it gives them positive reinforcement to say, hey, I actually belong in the NFL and I can make a statement here. Um, two more highs for the day. Again, no lows. It was a great day. Then we'll dive into the quarterbacks uh, and what they did during practice. But Dre Greenlaw, he's a dog. We know that, you know that. Uh, interception today, the first pick of padded practice, the first pick, I believe, of training camp, uh, was a big one for Dre Greenlaw. Uh, it was right to him, but it was a, you have to secure those picks. How many times did we see guys like Sherman later in his career, post-2019? Guys like Jaquiski Targets drop picks right in their hands. Jimmy Ward, who had a great year last year, but over his tenure in San Francisco, dropped picks right into their hand. You have to secure the easy ones. Dre Greenlaw did that one today. Also, he was thumping early. He wanted pads on so bad, and he was thumping early. A great day for Dre Greenlaw. And the final high of the day, or the final high of non-quarterback play, 
is Ray Ray McLeod. He is someone who many fans point to and say he could be on the bubble when it comes to making this roster. I don't agree with that. He had a good day yesterday, had a touchdown yesterday in the red zone, had another good day today, had a handful of solid catches. Um, he had one from Trey Lance, kind of a sliding, diving catch with their defender uh, draped over him. It was a solid catch by McLeod, a good day, stacked days for yesterday and today for Ray Ray McLeod. Um, also fielding punts, you can tell... Maybe his role isn't etched out for this team outside of the punt returner slash kick returner, but he does bring something other guys don't. He's like the Debo light, right? He isn't as physical, he isn't as tough, but he's fast, he's quick, he's mobile, and he can do things like Debo Samuel. We saw it against Washington last year. Uh, Ronnie Bell can't do that stuff. Danny Gray, you hope, can evolve into that, but right now hasn't shown the ability to be in the backfield and really show the receiving skills that... McLeod has shown. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Great day today for them. But let's dive into the quarterbacks. And again, a reminder, use our promo code 49ersaccess, seatgeek.com. Save yourself $20 off your first purchase. Let's dive in to the quarterbacks. Brock Purdy. He had himself quite the day. And not the day I think many fans wanted him to have, knowing it was the first day of padded practice, knowing it was the first day that you know guys can really thump and put their head down. Again, when pads come on, it's almost like that other shift gets clicked over, right? The other, you know, the the light switch clicks on. Of certain guys, it just they see red once the pads come on. Um, and knowing Brock Purdy's battling back from injury still, I know they say he's healthy. Um, I'm not too sure about that, at least when it comes to 100% health. We'll dive into that in a minute. But on the day, Brock Purdy was 12 for 16, had one pick and one fumble, but also threw a nice touchdown to Christian McCaffrey. Some notable throws on the day for Brock Purdy. Uh, in one-on-ones, he underthrew Brandon Ayuk. Again, Ambry Thomas sticky in coverage, caused a defensive pass interference. Um, also was inaccurate early in one-on-ones. His first two throws were, again, underthrown to Ayuk and then inaccurate towards the left uh, sideline. And then late to Debo on a comebacker. And at this point in one-on-ones, I start to question, you know, what is Brock, or where is Brock Purdy's arm health at? Uh, we know he doesn't have the strongest arm. I'm not expecting Mahomes-type things, Josh Allen-type things from Brock Purdy. And, of course, you can excuse some things knowing He's been hurt and is still recovering from a, a massive and potentially career-altering elbow injury. Uh, the, the arm strength doesn't seem to be there just yet. Um, I can forgive that, though. Uh, I've had arm, you know, an arm injury before, an elbow injury before. It takes time to rebuild the arm strength, and I didn't even have surgery. So I understand rehabbing. It's not an overnight thing. He's had months and months and months to do some things and, and throw, but... 
It does feel like that Purdy's still working through his rehab. Again, two days off, two days on. Seems like that's going to be the case. He should throw tomorrow. Uh, or if you're listening to this via audio, today being August 1st. And then we, he should have Wednesday and Thursday off, I believe. But back to what he did on the practice field today. During team drills, uh, he was pressured early. Uh, Drake Jackson got in there. Kevin Givens got in there. And one play... Once you have a pump fake and the ball just kind of dropped out of his hands, it was like, oh, okay, like that's an, you know, underwhelming end to a play you thought had something going for it. Then the next play got pressured by Givens, uh, found Debo underneath uh, for a nice short solid game, but evaded the pressure and found his receiver was a nice look for Brock Purdy. Then later, a little bit later in practice, found Christian McCaffrey for a massive touchdown, 50-plus yards, right on the left seam. Warner's trailing him right over his head, boom, right in McCaffrey's arm, and then he's just gone. Touchdown, San Francisco 49ers, hashtag Greg Papa, right? That's what we're doing here. Uh, it was a great play by Purdy, great route by Christian McCaffrey, an easy touchdown for those two starting players on this team. But after the touchdown, after you would assume he would find a rhythm, that's when the troubles kicked in. There was some pressure early, boom, touchdown, then here's where things kind of started to, I don't want to say fall apart because he picked things back up, but Brock Purdy then found himself in a two-play span making two big mistakes. The first one, he was looking for Charlie Warner, ball skips in front of him, threw it too short, incomplete. Very next play, right to Dre Greenlaw targeting George Kittle, not sure if he didn't see him. Not sure if he was just trying to get the ball out. He wasn't pressured on this play, I believe. Uh, just a bad ball by Purdy. Right to Dre Greenlaw. Interception. First one of uh, a training camp and first one, uh, I believe, of his time back on the field since the injury back in January. Two plays back-to-back. -back, not good for Brock Purdy. Then he comes back, figures things out. Uh, what's the one thing you point to with Jimmy Garoppolo is no longer here? It was how do you bounce back after the pick? Brock Purdy did that. You can tell maybe the interception was something he needed to have happen. Obviously, you don't want it to happen, but it kind of woke him up a little bit and got him back on track. Completed seven straight passes, and then he found Debo for an underneath big chunk play and kind of found himself on the positive side of what seemed to be a, a day that was going you know downhill pretty quickly after those two plays. But he bounced back and had a good overall practice. I would give him kind of a C+. Plus a C grade on the day if, if he were to do that thing here. Uh, there was some timing issues early, and you can tell he's still working his way back from the injury. Also, I don't know if he's 100% yet. Uh, the idea that he is, I would push back on. He seems like he's more 85 or 80% back to full health. Um, there's arm strength issues, or at least it just doesn't seem like his arm is where it was last year, which is to be expected. Again, you haven't thrown for a long period of time. Your arm needs to stretch out. I, I played baseball for, for years. You have to open the gate. You have to open your arm up and get the crow hop going. You have to stretch out your arm over a time period, right? It's not just a one day we're doing long toss. It's a short, then you're doing base path length, then you're doing you know a little longer, and then until you extend to where you want to be. Uh, I don't expect to see Brock Purdy throwing 60 yards through the air. Uh, I don't expect that anyways, but it does seem like when he's throwing deep or trying to, there is this extra push with his body. Um, it shouldn't be all arm, but it does seem like he's not there just yet. He has time to get there. 
Uh, I don't want to see him push himself, but I believe they're going to run through this regimen they have for him two days on, two days off, and he'll be fine come week one of the NFL season. But just a note that he doesn't seem fully healthy just yet, in my opinion. Uh, but again, there's plenty of time to figure things out. His pocket presence is still there. I know people and, and fans will point to, well, he took three sacks on the day. Yes, taking three sacks is never good. Taking three sacks could change a game entirely. It can be a fumble. It can be whatever. It can end a huge drive for you. Taking three sacks isn't good. But I will say this. There's, again, plenty of time to clean that stuff up. But there were two plays today that after the interception and the bounce uh, pass play to Warner, there were two plays I said, oh my goodness, if that happens come game time, I'm, I'm horrified. The first one was Steve Wilkes dialed up the safety blitz or, or nickel blitz. He had Isaiah Oliver unblocked, unchecked, and if that was a game, uh, it would have looked like that first play against Tampa Bay. This boom, Purdy's down. He's not hurt, but he's down. Obviously, no contact with quarterbacks in camp, but if that was a normal day, we're talking unblocked, unchecked, free rusher against Brock Purdy, who, knowing the injury, could want to hit him a little harder and knock him out of the game. Uh, not a great... <laughs> like That play alone was like, well, that's scary come you know season time, come week one. But the very next play, I believe, was ball was snapped, Jackson and Clellan Farrell get in the backfield, one of them, I've seen Jackson, I, I thought it was Jackson. Someone said Clellan Farrell. Doesn't matter who it was, but Purdy brings his arm back to throw, and as soon as the arm goes back, that ball is smacked out of his hand. Um, I don't mind a defensive player trying to make a play. Jackson recovered the fumble. If Farrell hit him, I get it, right? You're trying to make a play. He immediately put his hands back and said it was an accident. You can easily tell that it was not on purpose, but... Knowing the injury Brock Purdy just suffered and is trying to find his way back from, the audience, the fans, the media said, Oh! oh is, is he okay? They audibly gasped. Because it was a, oh my goodness, if he's hurt, that could end the season. That could, it could be the worst case scenario if that had connected with the arm, right? And it didn't, it seemed like it was all clean, all ball, but it was a really scary moment towards the end of practice where we all said, oh my goodness, is Brock Purdy okay? And I think it's a reminder that, look, we've seen here in San Francisco, quarterbacks go down left and right. Now, doesn't usually happen in practice, but things happen, right? Plenty of guys get hurt all across the league today. Guys have broken their legs, broken their arms, torn their ACLs. Joe Burrow got hurt in the calf. Things happen. That play could have ended Brock Purdy's season. Knowing the injury he had, if Farrell or Jackson connect anywhere with the hand or the arm and it snaps like it did back in January, we could be having an entirely different conversation right now. Thank God we aren't. But it's small stuff like that where it makes you go, what are you doing, defensive player? Make a play, but not that play. <laughs> For the love of God, not that play. Um, so a really scary moment there, but thankfully he wasn't hurt. Thankfully, it, you know, it wasn't an issue going forward for him. It seemed like he... He was done for the day at that point, but still, you just sat back and said, oh my goodness, we maybe have, you know, missed a, or, you know, crisis averted, <laughs> right? And again, a reminder as to why Kyle Shanahan might want to keep four quarterbacks. I don't think he will, but he's mentioned it, and it kind of seems like that might be the case. Again, a quarterback can go down at any moment, 
Darnold, Lance, Purdy, Allen, in a play like today, could have been an example as to why he might want to keep four quarterbacks on top of last year's ending of the season being the number one reason why you might do it anyways. Um, it wasn't a bad day for Brock Purdy. Uh, it was definitely a mixed outing. Again, I'd probably give it a C, C plus at best. There were some highlights. Again, a big touchdown pass. Uh, there were some lowlights. A fumble and an interception that you don't like. Uh, but I will say this, that there's plenty of time for Brock Purdy to bounce back from an average day at the, the office. Turnovers are bad. Touchdowns are good. He wants to flip that over. Uh, and the offensive line has to do a little better there, right? Uh, he has to come back and, you know, being Brock Purdy again. Now, who is Brock Purdy? We know some of that. Do we know all of it? No. And we'll find out what he actually is, you know, once he's back on the field and healthy. I would be worried if he played a preseason game, but we're, you know, two weeks away from that, so we'll get there when we get there. Uh, but an average day, I don't know if pads are on tomorrow. We'll see. But I would expect Brock Purdy as training camp progresses he's going to get better the arm strength should progress over time and he should be able to find his way back to who he was last year if not better maybe a little worse we'll see Brock Purdy today C plus at best an average day at the office wasn't bad wasn't great that's what it was the other guy though the man that had a Twitter ablaze the man that had me saying whoo I don't know that was Trey Lance Trey Lance was great today. He kind of found himself in this weird position where the team drills went Purdy, Darnold, all second team, a little bit of Trey, then Allen. When it wrapped back around, it was like Purdy, Trey a little bit, then Darnold, then Allen. And he was kind of finding himself getting inconsistent reps throughout the entirety of the day. They went 13 periods Throughout the entirety of practice, I believe four of them were strictly team drills uh, of offense versus defense. And Trey Lance only, from what I can tell, only had 11 attempts through the air. He was 9 for 11, no picks, no touchdowns, but it was a solid performance from him throughout the day. He had, in my opinion, the best throws of the day. He had a nice crosser, Danny Gray over the middle. He had a couple connections to Chris Conley, 15 yards, where he... He saw safety blitz, avoided it, got the ball out quick, boom, right to Conley, 15 yards for a first down. It was a nice throw, right on point, crisp to his target. It was a good throw by Trey Lance. He also had a couple times where he averted pressure. He kind of jumped and like slid through a defender, then tossed it to Ronald Watt for a small gain. Again, a, a, another crosser to Brandon Ayuk to end team drills. And to me, the best throw of the day for Trey Lance. Stepped up in the pocket on third down. Saw McLeod cross the field, fired it right to him a little low where only he could catch it. Defender draped over him, slid, caught it, boom, made it fourth and short. It was a perfect pass by Trey Lance. I mean, he was on point today. We've talked about over and over and over again, Trey Lance has to be consistent, but not just consistent day by day. Consistent play by play. The, the inaccuracy sometimes gets out of control and you're like, what, what are you doing, Trey? That's been the case since he got here in San Francisco, since he's been drafted, right? But today, that wasn't an issue. One of his incompletions was a throwaway to avoid pressure. Nobody was over there. It made sense. Get rid of the ball. Like, Trey Lance looked like an NFL caliber, non-backup quarterback today. He was the best quarterback on the field 
by far, in my opinion, Darnold was fine. Purdy was average. Uh, Trey Lance was really good today. He has stacked two days in a row. He was pretty good yesterday. He was really good today. Sam Darnold was really good yesterday. He's pretty good today. Like Trey Lance has put together two solid, and at this point in two, again, two practices, ascending performances. Really good day by Trey Lance. I love what I saw from him today. The most consistent quarterback with inconsistent reps. That's important to note. Uh, he stood tall under pressure multiple times, hit his targets in stride, made two of the three best throws of the day, and really showed the potential that made Shanahan and myself included fall in love with him uh, prior to the draft. Uh, I think this is the best we have seen of Trey Lance since minicamp and OTAs. And I think this may have been his strongest performance since the summer has began. We talked about how he ended minicamp and OTAs really strong. How if he did that over and over and over again, we may have ourselves a real quarterback conversation here that involves him and Brock Purdy. It's not there yet. And I don't think it's going to get there really ever unless Purdy has a setback. Um, there's four quarterbacks on this team. There are three jobs in my opinion. Uh, Trey Lance right now is neck and neck with Sam Darnold for that quarterback number two job. Yes, he does possess a higher potential. We know this. Trey Lance has a higher potential because of his physical traits than Sam Darnold. Again, it's about comfortability. But if Trey Lance continues to figure this thing out two practices in a row, has a good one tomorrow, we're going to have a bigger conversation about this thing. It's going to continue. Uh, Twitter's going to continue to cry for Trey Lance and want Trey Lance to be out there. And look, Kyle Shanahan's not pointing to stat cheats and saying, well, he was 7 for 9 today. Well, well Sam Darnold was 8 for 10 yesterday. Darnold wins. He's not doing that. It comes down to the assessment of the play, where the ball should go, the placement of the ball, how you run the offense. And again, like I said plenty of times here, it's about which quarterback behind Brock Purdy makes Kyle Shanahan the most comfortable. I would argue, and I've said it plenty of times, right now that is Sam Darnold. But if Trey Lance continues two good practices in a row, maybe he has a third, maybe he has a fourth, and at that point, you can say, well, Sam Darnold's won four games or four practices, so is Trey Lance. Then we start to have that conversation of, okay, Trey is starting to put it together in some form or fashion. And I think today was a good microcosm of what that would look like. Strong, crisp, and accurate Trey Lance. And again, do this over and over and over again. Force Kyle Shanahan to not play Brock Purdy. It's going to be a hard job. It's going to be a hard road, for a long road for him to do such a thing. But right now, you're not battling against Brock Purdy. You have to beat out Sam Darnold. And if right now, again, if, if, if we're counting days, it's four Darnold, it's two Lance. Let's stack some more days. I want to see Trey Lance play. I want to see come preseason games, he's executing the offense better than Sam Darnold. He should. He's been here for three years now. This is his third year now. He doesn't have to learn the offense anymore, right? I want to see Trey Lance succeed in San Francisco, no matter what role that might be. Whether it's backup or starter, I want to see him do something for this franchise that has, again, traded so much to get him. A good day for him. Really solid day. Hope he does it tomorrow as well. 
Uh, Sam Darnold, 7 for 9 on the day. No touchdowns, no turnovers. Um, he was fine. Sam Darnold had a couple crisp throws. There was one where... And look, Sam Darnold is a quarterback I point to and say, Wow, the arm talent has always been there. There's a reason why he's a former top 5 pick to the Jets. There's a reason why two franchises have tried to make him their franchise quarterback. Their guy. Carolina and New York. He failed in both, right? He's now here to be that reclamation, quote-unquote, Steve Young quarterback, right? He failed in that place. Come here and be our guy in San Francisco. Sam Darnold has the physical ability. He has the arm talent that is special. That sounds weird saying, knowing the production he's put up. But Sam Darnold, at least physically, has the ability to be special. The question is, can he put it together? I don't know if that's the case. He has looked like the sharpest quarterback from minicamp and OTAs, and now he's put together, I think, the best resume on paper between the four quarterbacks on this team right now. He's not the starter. That's Purdy. We know that. But he had a really good day yesterday. Three touchdowns, right, to Trey Lance's two touchdowns, right? Today... A solid day. Was it as good as Trey Lance? No. Trey Lance was really good today. Sam Darnold, like Trey Lance yesterday, he was fine. He had a good overall day. A couple nice throws. There was one play where he hiked the ball. Linebacker got by his, def his, his defender. He's in his face. He stops, cuts. Linebacker's ankles kind of shake a little bit. Throws it behind him, sidearm. Boom. Nice completion. Nice chunk gain, right? It's stuff like that that makes you go... This is the, the former fifth overall pick. Where has this been? And could this be something Shanahan can work with? And I think that's what Shanahan sees. There's a reason Shanahan, unprovoked, brought up Steve Young and Sam Darnold in the, in the same conversation. Unprovoked was like, well, Steve Young was here. Now we have Sam, right? There's a reason he sees that. I do think that Kyle Shanahan sees that I can work with Sam he understands me, I understand him, the traits are there that I like, he has a better arm than Brock Purdy does, he's more accurate than Trey Lance. Like, I could, I could argue, I could argue right now, Sam Darnold is the best physically gifted quarterback throwing-wise. He is the best arm on this Niners team. Not strength. But overall, strength combined with accuracy, combined with touch, combined with the ability to go sidearm, different arm angles, Sam Darnold is that guy. Now, is he the best quarterback? I don't think so. <laughs> but he does have, I think, the best arm currently on this roster. And I think Kyle Shanahan sees that, and he's shown that yesterday with three touchdown passes in the red zone. He showed that today, again, with a nice sidearm around the linebacker, for a solid chunk of game. Also, he, him and Ronnie Bell connected twice for a nice game. Like, Sam Darnold is, is, has been fine. He's been good. He has been and put together the best performance of any quarterback on this roster consistently since OTAs and minicamp started and has carried that over into training camp. And so, look, while he did take a sack today to Javon Kinlaw, while there have been things we can nitpick of Sam Darnold, I think, and I said it yesterday, we should get to a point where we look back and we kind of 
we examine the quarterback room and say, okay, there's four quarterbacks and there's three jobs. If you had to ask me right now, it would be Purdy, Darnold, Lance, Allen. Allen gets cut. But right now, our top three quarterbacks, Purdy, Darnold, and Lance. That should change, hopefully. I'm expecting Lance to continue to build upon his days, but let's be honest here, Trey Lance has shown to be really inconsistent. That's been the knock since day one, whether it's accuracy or stacking days. Two good days. If Sam Darnold puts together a good day tomorrow and Trey Lance starts to falter a little bit, that doesn't end the conversation by any means. And Kyle Shanahan's looking at different things than I am and you are as well, right? We are not Kyle Shanahan. <laughs> like, we all know this. I'm not the head coach of the San Francisco 49ers. Neither are you. And again, he has not talked to his personnel coaching yet. Brian Greasy and him are not talking all the time. The offensive line coach, defensive line coach, they are not talking about personnel yet. But give it a week when pads come on, leading up into that first preseason game, uh, we're going to start to be able to tell where this quarterback room is going to, you know, end up. Is it going to be Trey and Darnold and Purdy? Is it going to be Purdy, Darnold, and Trey? Like, we are going to quickly see this quarterback room take shape. I'm assuming it'll be the top three guys, Purdy, Darnold, Lance, but I would like to see Trey build upon what he's been doing. I don't love the conversation of, well, he hasn't been able to play with Christian McCaffrey. There is no conspiracy. Shanahan's not sitting back saying, you know what? I don't want Trey to succeed. Ayuk and McCaffrey and Kittle only play with Donald and Purdy. He's not doing that. Christian McCaffrey plays like 10 reps of practice during team drills. They're handoffs. It's like McCaffrey usually isn't out there for passing plays. There is one big one today. That's the biggest one he's had all training camp and all OTAs and all minicamp. He hasn't done much in the air all the time. So take a step back. No one is conspiring against Trey Lance. He's thrown the Debo and I thrown Ayuk today and Kittle yesterday. Like Trey Lance has had all the weapons out there but Christian McCaffrey. There have been certain plays Darnold hasn't had Debo, hasn't had Kittle. They rotate, and it just so happens that Trey Lance hasn't had Christian McCaffrey on the field with him. There's been off days, there's been weird rotations of reps. Again, Trey Lance was doing like, Darnold had six and Trey had two, then it was boom, Allen's in, then Trey has four, then Darnold has five, and it was weird today. But it wasn't because Trey's playing bad, he isn't punishing Trey Lance. Trey Lance is going to have, the San Francisco 49ers are going to give Trey Lance an opportunity to win the quarterback number two job. The backup quarterbacking job is up for grabs and Trey Lance is in that conversation. Right now, who leads that room? Sam Darnold. Could that change? Easily. Easily that can change. Do they think they can work with Darnold a little more? I think so. I think... Shanahan is able to work with and coach. And, and I'm not saying Trey isn't coachable. Don't get me wrong here. What I'm saying is I do think Trey, or do I do think Sam Darnold does, again, give Shanahan that comfortability of I can work with you. Trey Lance, yes. Can I work with you too? Yes. But it's not going to be as easy. There's going to be hiccups where I'm like, Darnold doesn't do that stuff. He might play it safe. 
But I'll tell you right now, if Trey Lance comes in tomorrow with the same performance he had today, and he lights it up for two practices in a row, strings together three good, solid days of NFL-caliber starting quarterback play, that conversation is going to shift of, wow, Trey Lance is starting to figure this thing out. And at what point, and I'll open the conversation now, at what point do we look at Brock Purdy and say, how long is the leash during practice? Are you a bad practice player? Are you an average practice player? Jimmy G wasn't a great practice player. He was a solid quarterback, right? Now, he's not here anymore for a reason. We know that. We want more there. But at what point do we say, okay, how long is your leash of average practices compared to Trey Lance or Darnold who are having really good days and are stacking days back to back to back? I think it's a conversation we're going to have if Purdy doesn't figure things out soon enough. I give it a week and a half after the Raiders game. And we can reevaluate where we are and how this depth chart kind of reorders itself. It's going to happen. Some fans aren't going to be happy. Right now, again, I have Purdy, Darnold, Lance, Allen. I want that to change. I do not want Sam Darnold playing quarterback for this team. I've seen what he can do in New York and Carolina. It doesn't doesn't satisfy me. It shouldn't satisfy you. But the question, and I think I can answer it here, you have to ask yourself, is Kyle Shanahan sitting back saying, you know, with that arm talent and these superstars and me as a head coach and that defense, can Sam Darnold do something with this roster? I think Shanahan says, yes, I believe that. But I also think, like, Shanahan hasn't fallen out of love with Trey Lance. There's just been, I think, some frustration of you're you're too inaccurate right now. You're too inconsistent. I can't put you out there just yet. And you're hoping the reps would figure that out, but he hasn't had the luxury of getting those reps. And sometimes opportunity just passes you by and you never get those in your current place. That's life. That sucks. But again, Trey Lance had a really good day today. Two really good days back-to-back. Stack those days. Change the narrative. The media is going to talk about how good Trey Lance is during practice. The fans in the stands, Brad Graham, Ted, uh, Eric Crocker, they're going to talk about how good Trey Lance was today. They all said Trey was the best quarterback out there. There's a reason. He was. There's a reason I said it. Matt Barrow said it. Other people on the sideline said the same thing. No one's lying on behalf of Purdy or trying to take Trey Lance down. The team, the media, they want the best player on the field. They want the best player to... No one's lying to you. (laughs) No one's telling you incorrect things. The pads are on. We are going to finally see who can play and who can't play. Receivers are going to weed themselves out. Defensive linemen, do the same. Safeties, The same. Quarterbacks eventually are going to do the same. Whether it's Trey, Darnold, Purdy. Right at this moment, July 31st at 7.33pm. Live on YouTube. The next morning on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. I'm saying right now I'm really excited for what Trey Lance has shown the past two days. And looking forward to what he does the rest of training camp. Going on the rest of the week. Can he stack days? I hope so. It's really exciting to have that much talent in a player 
that much potential in a player when they start to figure it out. That being said, we're back at training camp tomorrow, August 1st. Not sure if it's padded. Not sure if it's going to be, you know, a very light day after the first day of pads. If there's a fight, any updates you see, Trey Lance, Sam Darnold, Brock Purdy, follow us on social media. You'll get them as they happen. Follow us on Twitter for, again, up-to-date news and what's happening there at 49ers underscore access on Twitter. Instagram, 49ers.access. Follow us on social media. Constant updates. Subscribe to the YouTube or the podcasting channels. Again, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, Apple. Podcasts every night going back and reacting to and analyzing training camp throughout the entirety of the week and dissecting what we saw, what I saw at training camp every single day. Don't forget to use our promo code 49ersaccess at SeatGeek.com. It's 49ersacces SeatGeek.com. Save yourself $20 off your first purchase at SeatGeek.com. You can also use the Fanatics link above or in the description below. Buy some merch. Buy a Trey Lance jersey, Brock Purdy jersey, buy a Javon Hargrave jersey, buy a Javon Kinlaw jersey for all I care. Use that link and support the show. In the meantime, don't forget to like, share, subscribe, leave that review. And until next time, my name is Sterling Bennett, and this has been the 49er Access Podcast, and stay faithful.